Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week, we have got one of our favorites on the show. We love him so much. That's right. We've got good old Andy Berman back on the podcast. As you know, we are still not talking about, you know what, in solidarity with the strike. But in this episode, we get a treat of seeing one of our best friends and the secret ingredients behind the infamous Berman's Nuts. Enjoy. We love you, Andy. Oh, I love you guys. We're so happy you're here and we've missed you very much. And we've been a little shy, I think, about like how we do this podcast now in the with the strike and what we can talk about and not talk about. And we're also like, well, we can just talk to our friends and talk about anything. Yeah, darling, well, listeners, just we're not talking about a certain show doesn't mean we can't talk to the people we met during that amazing time in life and the people we love who were so yeah. close to with that show and become our family, like Mr. Andrew Berman here. Thank you. Thanks for using my full and formal name. And if it helps at all, I th- this is AI. It's an AI. I'm an AI version oh. of. So you're not really talking okay. to to to, uh, to yeah. Andy the Andrew the soul Andrew the Andrew human Andrew. soul. Okay. okay. This is all AI. Right. Well, what could we trip it up with, Tim? How do we try to? How do we try to like? Oh, I, I got one. The system. Yeah, go. I mean, I, I, I would. I mean, I'm not sure if I could lay it out right now, but um, only uh, Andy Berman will remember this one moment, which he might even because. You mean of, Andy? Um, you mean AI Berman won't? Yeah, Berman. AI Berman okay. won't, okay. because the real Berman. There was a moment, one of your funniest bits, I've ever seen you do, and I don't know if we could do this on the show, but as much as we were talking about James's uh, topic of me time. Of, with his self-care me time. There was a moment we were all the Gerard Andy. <laughs> and um having a perfectly fine evening and drinks. And you just you left by going, Oh buddy, I'm gonna go upstairs and masturbate now. I did it say was, that. You did. You know, you said that. It, here's what's weird. The AI version of me also still masturbates, which is cool. And <laughs> I could have created like I could have had more hair. I could have done I just went, I wanted to be as honest <laughs> as possible. Sir, I must I didn't give you the whole bit. Did oh. the real uh, hey AI Berman? Did the yeah. human Berman also say he was going to go cuddle a pillow before he went to masturbate? Aww. yeah, I was probably trying to yeah replace some sort of human interaction. You know, uh, like I because I was trying to take a little bit of the shame away from the masturbation so that I wouldn't cry as much after. I made it more nice. like this was a relationship. More entirely comfortable announcing it to the table, which was one of the best exit lines I've ever heard you ever give. 
actually I, ever give anyone give. I don't think it's a line. I think it's honest. Oh, well, they I don't think he's just any, saying, saying that other people are afraid to say when they leave the table. No one had any doubt that that's what was actually going to go happen with Furman. <laughs> well, I don't remember Furman. the time I was in a relationship or whatever, but I was at a hotel staying <laughs> Yeah, the, you know, so I don't know. It's uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Oh my god, I, I is this going to be the clip that you guys show? Like, as the <laughs> let's teaser? move on. Let's 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 we uh, we're just letting everybody know there's no shame in there in, is no shame in it. There's I no shame in the game. There's no shame in the game. No, I mean, yeah. unless it starts taking away from your life in some way that is death like detrimental to you or whatever. There's no shame and right. We support. Okay, enough. I'm gonna stop. You know, now. <laughs> be, um, if these walls could talk. <laughs> oh my god! If the that would be a very, very, very different film. There's a reason it's called the Slutton place. Had its nickname. Anyway, right. the Slutton. Andy, you look great. It's so good to see you. I love these glasses. Yeah, well, you know, Maggie and Tim, you guys always have such great frames, but Maggie, you especially seem to change your frames up a lot and are always changing <laughs> your look just a little bit. And I always notice these frames were purchased in Stockholm, Sweden, oh. and um, they're blue. I don't know if you can see, but that was the idea. I really wanted a pair of blue frames, oh, and I had to find them there. And oh, you, you've been recently rocking some amber ones, haven't you? Yeah, they're like, I think they're caramel or they're butterscotch. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, they're they're Moscow. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't you just there in Sweden? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I love Stockholm. I love Stockholm so much. You do? Yes. I think I have never right. been, even though I am Nordic. It's a embarrassing that I've never I've never been to my um my home country. You must go. You must go. Oh. I would describe it to people. It's a real European city, like with all the history, the age, the, I mean, the buildings are like 400 years old, but then out front is a car charger you've never seen before with a car <laughs> yeah. you've never seen before. Like it's both cutting edge and historical school. at the same time. And it's that yeah. mix, progressive, and yet it's like as cobblestone-y and, and like postcardy as, as you can get. It's really neat, like on the surface and there's waterways and little sea taxis and ferries yeah. going amongst the city. It's really cool. I loved that that part of it so much, Andy, because like the that sort of old school, new school or modern and old world. Uh, I We were only there for a few days. It was years ago. Rodriguez and I went, uh, I mean, God, this is 2011 maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and our psych hiatuses were always during the winter um, because we shot all summer. So we went to Stockholm, uh, Copenhagen, and St. Petersburg, and we were supposed to go to Moscow. And there, yeah, and there was a bombing at the Moscow airport, and we were like, not going there. So we ended up in Estonia. Have you been over, Have you been around there? No, I haven't. Uh, we, you know, because, you know, Marika's, my wife, Marika's family is from Sweden. So when we're going back there, it's a lot of family and a family trip. Right. We don't go like around. You know, yeah. yeah. I think we went to London this past, like we, oh, uh, and Timmy, London, London. I've always felt like 
belong in London. Like I hadn't been there since I was a little kid, but I love the UK, just the concept of it. I love the people. I love everything. I've always felt like London's my place, even though I haven't been there. And we now went, I spent like four nights there and I, it reaffirmed that that's like where I think London is it. Andy, one hundred with you, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Tim's like, like I don't know, an honorary mayor. Um, Do they have mayors? (laughs) It's not official. I don't mean I have a key to the city, but um, not yet. But he gives me all my tips when I go. I'm with you, Andy. I I move there in a heartbeat. I feel so at home there. I love it. Well, it's also like there's different versions of London. There's like different versions of New York City, depending on how old you are and where you are in your life and everything. Like I was in New York City when I was like in my 20s and, you know, poor and everything, but living like the greatest New York City life. Yeah. And there's if I went back now, I'd have to have a ton of money to like really enjoy New York City and live it the way that I want and all that stuff. Like London, I was going to say that like, you can fall in love with cities. There's no better way to go to a city than when you're working in that city. No like question. When you're working, like there's no better way. Like it's better than even just having money. Like when you, when it's wrapped up and also like filming something or working on a project or like whatever city it would be, you're just feeling the best of that city. You're like in this happy place of like work, but then you're eating great meals and you're just, you know, being driven around and you're staying at a, probably a fabulous place while you're there. Wow. And and with really interesting, great people. And like, uh, that's kind of how I, I feel about Vancouver in unnamed show, you know, like I like Vancouver probably a lot more than I would if I had never worked there, you know, all, right. all the history of like being there and living the Vancouver, the version of Vancouver that we did while, while yeah. being there for work. Right? Cause that job I did after, after our show, we don't talk about, I was shooting a yeah. Bristol and I have weekends off and I would just pop on the train and go into London and just, wander around for an entire day with my big Mac knapsack on my back and loved it. I, just loved I it. was thinking about you the whole time while I was there because uh, for that very reason of like working there and like what the level of London and, you know, England you must have like experienced and I would be in love with it too. But what's funny is like I always visit cities. Some people visit cities for food, which I do. Some people visit, it's like, what what are the activities or the clubs and parks? I'm mm-hmm. always like, real estate. Where would I live? Of course. Like I always yeah. picture myself, I'm not just visiting here. What would my life be like if I actually like lived here? So when we were in London, it was like walking around being like, who am I now? Like I was probably a different version in my 20s. Like when I went to London, probably would have been Soho, you know, because it's like very, very hip and cool and, and a little more like tiny ways and like little city yeah. things and just cool lofts, like Soho in New York, really. But when I went to Notting Hill, which I probably yeah. wouldn't appreciate it in my 20s. I was like, oh, well, this is my spot. I'm going to be on a, one of these little <laughs> in Notting Hill off of the cafe. And like, I'll have my little daughter and like, you know, we're going like, I, it would just be like, that would be London for me now. It would be Notting Hill. That's so interesting. I, I love Notting Hill too. And it's funny because I, I've been a few times too. And I, that's a place I fell in love with later uh, as well. But like, and I like, I still like so too, but I, I'm just like London is, I'm with you. It's like, where is that? And it's okay. So people should know, by the way, Andy is a real estate, like g- genius researcher. I accept, he, that. I accept that. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't make a move in real estate without checking with Andy. 
I you mean, know, really, where's your real estate license? Because you would clean up. And I know that's not what you want to do, but. Well, it's funny because people throw that word genius around a lot, Maggie, and it usually doesn't apply, but I think you nailed it. Like, I really feel like I am a real estate genius. Like, I really, I love it more than anything. Like, almost as, it's like that, when we talk about me time or porn, that's my porn. I'm still checking eight zip, eight, nine zip codes a day, every day, every day. That's what I do when I like, you know, I know every house on the market at any given point in any of those zip codes. Maggie Lawson has also said the exact words that um, it was, I think it was, it was Redfin. There was, you, she did say years ago that um, searching real estate was her porn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Zillow, Redfin, come on. I, I just, right. I can't, I love it so much. And I'm just like have to, like a day can't go by. Like right. I pride yeah. myself on like, if somebody's like looking, like I think probably I've done it to you, Maggie, before when you were like looking for all, like I will see it. Like I can't do any more, but I mean, everything that goes on Redfin, everyone sees, but I will see it within, it'll say 40 minutes. You know, it just, that's how often I'm checking it. That if I yeah. send it to somebody, I'm like, I caught this before your agent probably has even gotten to it yet. Like I already yep. saw this. Oh yeah. Me. Tim. I can pause. Okay. Before we get one second further into this amazing podcast, which is already an amazing podcast, because it took me a while to get my equipment set up today. I missed a very, very, very important statement. Maggie, you look amazing today. Oh my God. Thank you, Tim. You missed me talking about my zit that I was like, Oh, I no, was like, I'm going to wait for the last second. I, yeah. I did hear the zip part and uh, it totally, it, it, it hadn't, it didn't get into my brain Thank at all. It was so, because everything else is so great that it uh, by far outshadows any uh, blemish on your already perfect, always perfect skin. Well, well you know what's funny, Maggie? I said to you, I did not notice it at all. Like I even zoomed in on you to notice it. I really notice it now. It's really big. <laughs> and it is a little strange. Like, right there? Look at anything else, actually. Like when I'm looking at your box, it's like a giant red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was running around. I was like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna let her, let her have some air and like breathe. And I'll just do it right before the pod. I'll cover her up right before the pod. Completely forgot. I was like, oh my god, who cares? Uh, I don't is, really I care. That much. It's actually disturbing oh. me. I'm trying to poke <laughs> it with a pin. Like it's, it's. It's so distracting. Should we give her a name? What's yes. her name? What's her name? Her name is Isadora Plumpkin because it is so, it's gigantic. Did you say, say Plumpkin? Plumpkin. <laughs> it is so plump. It is just, it's. Uh, That's funny. That yeah. was my in the 90s. I feel like she needs her own like feeding, like she's her own being on my face right now. She's cleaning up your organs during this podcast. I mean, it is. So <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> anyway, I just angled my desk in a different way, which now does make me look like I'm in a padded room, but I get the natural light. So. It helps with the pod. It helps with the pod. Yeah. But uh, Maggie, um, see, two weeks in a row, your hair is just beyond an on point. Thanks, Tim. I've been letting it air dry to, you know, keep it healthy. So this is just oh, my hair. It's working. It's also particularly golden. I'm now concerned about the. I'm concerned about the sexual chemistry between the two of you. Like that this <laughs> sort of like. If no, I'm feeling like real. Talking. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, this is every podcast. Every the first minutes, five minutes of every podcast. 
It is. We always compliment each other for the first. But I feel like we all checked in and we're like, are you going to wear black in the black frames or some dark frames? Are, yeah, me? Okay, cool. You too? Great. Let's all do that. Let's all wear a black sweater and dark frames and because it's frames. fall today. Which I, first thing I thought of was you get to now pull out your, your turtlenecks. Because I know, I, I, know you, I know you like your fall sweaters. I got my fall sweaters and they're ready to go. And I think uh, I think tonight's the night. I have a little dinner I got to go to. And uh, I think uh, if, this, if, these, if these gloomy skies don't clear up, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force fall. I'm going to force cold weather. I'm going to wear my turtlenecks. Anyway, Andy, you look great too. Everybody looks great. Tim, I love that you got the pineapple stern bush. I always love when we get that, just that little feathery. I was doing for you. I know. It's my favorite. It's like, we don't really know what's going on, but it's just like a little, just a little surprise. Andy, we have, some fan questions that we actually got because we were like, oh. but before before the fan questions, we need host. Oh yeah. Questions. Oh, and we have host questions. Yeah, too. Andy Burman, you know. our dear friend. Yeah. Are you ready to help my dear friend Margaret Cassidy Lawson and I podcast the shit out of this special episode of This Psychologist Room, a Psychology Podcast? I am so ready. Yay! He's been ready for like a while because we've I'm, already been podcasting. But like I, I we still have to ask. You know, we still I'm still ask. ready to help you guys fulfill your contractual obligation to continue podcasting <laughs> and to make sure that a podcast you exists. you get it. <laughs> I'll do my best. To oh, do. these stripes! These stripes! Um, so okay. Um, can we can we ask you some of these? Which is I feel like it's a nice segue because of what we were just talking about before about real estate. Oh God! Um, one of oh, the real first. Estate. I think you're going real estate. Well, Other... one of the first fan questions. I don't know if you can see this, Andy. Is in a different universe. Oh. What would be your dream career? A hundred percent. It would be a hundred percent. It would be real estate. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I had a feeling residential, you might say that. residential real estate. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, the aesthetics of like I like to me everything is about where I'm at in the atmosphere and like the space that I'm in. And I'm yeah. sort of obsessed with with people's homes and with the coolest versions of the way people live and like the the, the next level of stuff that people are putting in their houses and doing. And in California, like fueled that because LA is like one of those cities that has such a variety and a crazy like mishmash of different styles. Like personally in my life, like I've been in mid, I've lived in a mid-century house, like really cool, all glass mid-century house. I've lived in a authentic switch to a 1930s, like Spanish Spanish, house that's like that you know now currently i'm in a the classic sort of just you know the new modern farmhouse thing that everybody's doing that's now passe but like i live in one of those because i kind of fell for that but not passe you have one of the most beautiful homes you always do andy this is the andy's thing just so you know before anybody got into real estate even on psych whatever he was like yeah i got this condo i rent out in west hollywood i got like like you were already ahead of it but keep going yeah, are like little I did. Yeah. yeah, I do have a loft in West Hollywood. Yeah, like, you know, I've hung on to, and yeah, that's like bachelor patty kind of like industrial, 
cool. But I mean, I'm just so jazzed and used by all of that. Where's your loft? In West Hollywood. I did not know that. Yeah. I that was like my bachelor pad before I got married. And, and you know, thankfully we like hung on to it and and we still have it, but because I just like the idea of having it now still, like it's cool. But I like that's my pastime, that's my thing. Like if I was invited over to somebody's house, it's like, that's the most exciting moment. Like, you know, how are they living? What's their house look like? What do they do? Oh, where do they get that? And it's all, it's the interior design. It's the the house itself. It's like anything, you know, a way that they, oh, they frame this like cool thing. And, you know, I don't know. I just like, I would love to make a career out of that somehow. There's a guy, I should probably mention his name because he, but I don't, I follow him on, on Instagram, but he started doing that. He was a real estate agent. Then he just started doing like tours of people's homes, like for real estate agents, basically like almost like a marketing tool go through and he'd get access. Then he became so good at it that now that's his entire job. And he travels around wow. the world, shows you the inside of unbelievable houses and gives you this like in-depth tour, like a knowledgeable thing about how oh. you basically just get to, see the inside of the whole thing and i'm obviously there are dozens of people that do that but this guy has so many followers like millions and he's upped his game over the last couple of years to just like he's the guy to watch like is he the dream homes guy because i all during the pandemic i got into all those shows like the interior like oh, extraordinary homes yeah i'll tell you who it is his name is uh ennis yilmazer okay yes Y-A-I-L-M-A-Z-E-R. That's not a real name. Yeah. He's got like 500 and he's got 500 followers, 500,000 followers. But it's like he shows you and the way he talks about it, like the coolest houses from around around the world, really. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but do you ever have nights where you just wake up in the middle of the night? or even super early in the morning and your mind just starts racing. And I don't know what it is about that time, but it's never like really positive. Whenever it's the middle of the night, whenever it's that racing thing, it always seems to be like the bad thoughts, the worst thoughts, the like, you know, those voices, but like not the nice ones. So do you ever find yourself just trying to fall asleep? Your brain suddenly won't stop talking. Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at any other opportune moments? I know for me, this is usually like middle of the night. It will literally keep me up. I'll think I'm having like a panic attack or something. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thoughts thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. This is true. I almost think of it like my therapist helped me to sort of like form a relationship to it almost. So like I always say therapy is so great because it helps you kind of fortify your relationship with yourself. And therefore you can kind of know when a thought, it's not a good one. It's like not actually like, you know, when they say like the higher self place, like the positive place. So sometimes it's nice to just kind of form a relationship to it and be like, oh, hey, I see you. You're not welcome here. I'm going to just let you let you move on away. I mean, I say all of that. I still work on it. But therapy has definitely helped me try to manage that. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts. How nice would that be? With BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there is a better way to break your bad habits. 
We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. See, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative and award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural delicious flavors. And we all know you're all fans of delicious flavor. So you get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you are free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with removable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is very helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. I honestly had never tried anything like this before and I was so impressed. Also, it's just so fun. I think part of the habit of whether vaping, smoking, whatever, is that kind of tangible that like the smoke break or that thing you do with your hands. It's like a fixation. I want to say oral fixation because it fixes that too, or it helps with that too. But it's also like doing something with your hands, which is more my thing. Like those, remember those fidget spinners? Oh, I'm going to predict fume is the next fidget spinner. Anyway, I was really impressed by it. I really was. So if you know anybody who's trying to break a habit or you just kind of want a fun new little thing to do, fume is great and it's healthy. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories and there is no reason that can't be you. Join fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code pineapple to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfume. T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com and use code pineapple to save an additional 10% off your order today. Head to tryfume.com slash pineapple. The thing I love about you is like you get excited about like a cool house, a cool space. Or, like, like if I had a new place and you were coming over, I'd like watch your reaction to stuff to be like, okay, this worked or it didn't based on Andy's reaction. <laughs> Meaning like, I've designed this well, or I have like, and you would like, you light up, like you would get so excited about a cool place or a cool house, but you're also like, I like how particular you are. Like you could send me a listing for something when I was looking and be like, like you would, you would have already all the notes broken down of like what would, would need to be done. You'd also know the last three owners of the place and like maybe what they did, like what they sold it for. It was, oh, it's, it's the best. That's true, but Maggie, you've done the same with every place you've lived too. So I know that you know, like I'm really probably not telling you anything that you don't, like you're just agreeing with me going, oh yeah, that's probably what I would do. Like, because <laughs> you've done it with your stuff too. And look, like as we were saying at the top of the pocket, look at Tim's, look at Tim's. I mean, I that's like, yeah. Oh, and of course, the Union Jack pillow is like speaks to me, obviously, now that we've talked about <laughs> London. But like, I had a yeah. Union Jack rug in my loft, like a whole, it's like my favorite item because I was so, oh, cool. at that point, you know. Um, well, he not had a Union Jack, what, what? I also will be very happy to hear your response, Andy, because I, I've been doing in the, in the living room, in the dining room for the last couple of podcasts. It was like, I was getting bored of that. Um, background so i thought uh we'll do go back to the guest pull out the guest house but normally i have it facing that way but that's all my my show memorabilia so i can't um start right. it that way so i mean you got the hip the hip 1960s couch yeah you know you've got look at the look at the ceiling like look at your lofty you know well, it, it's, i do give all credit to Alice because she came in and uh give a quick spruce to the room today and 
was, was more of somebody chose those fixtures, you know, those industrial fixtures, those are like factory fixtures that are like hanging from there, played against like the natural wood, the natural light coming. I mean, it's just got a great feel. And I got to yeah. credit our friend Warner, Warner Mays from North Design did this house or did this guest house course. Oh, yeah, who I, that's I right. Maggie's dear friend who I met through Maggie. Yeah. Right. Warner. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to answer the question, I would like to be Warner. You know what I mean? Like, or I would like yeah. to be this Ennis that I talked about. But then everybody keeps doing this before. Well, well, first of all, you can't choose to be a, a Warner. You know, that's a lifetime's career of, you know, being an interior designer. Right. I could be Ennis. Like, I could have been just a guy who's passionate about houses, looks at it in an exciting way, wants to get inside of them, wants to learn everything. Like I essentially could have been that person. I keep thinking people are chasing their dreams in different ways and doing stuff and it's like working. And by the way, we could say that about podcasts. Like anytime anyone says like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast at this point, you go, I mean, the, the fear of like, just being like, well, that's just completely redundant. Who would like try to do a podcast now? That's like so completely how would you ever break through and have any kind of like like you're too late you're you're seven years too right. late to do this. Yeah. yeah people still are doing it when you have a great idea and you are going to bring what you're going to bring to it and you care about it like it is not too late to do a podcast so it probably wouldn't be too late for me to figure out a version of my own real estate like um, andy i would YouTube. watch your show huh I would literally, you could do one of those things. Like, I don't know. So there are a couple of people I follow on Instagram, literally that like something will come on the market and they will break it down. Now, most of the time it's like the, they pick a celebrity house or like a giant, you know, uh, something in Montecito or something in Malibu or something, you know, whatever, but they will, they'll sort of break down even at that level, like what's right and what's wrong about the house. And it's just like a voiceover over this video showing like basically the listing of the house. I feel like you would, uh, you would, that would be incredible. Not that you need to or would want to do that would be like a, a hobby, but uh, I, I absolutely think uh, there's this book called big magic that uh, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote that is about like a lot of people having the same idea and how we kind of get down about it. Or like, we think it's like saturated or we think it's, but it's not, it just means it's a good idea and there's room for all of them because everybody can have their own twist and turn and different thing anyway. So I think you should, well, if it's something you were ever considering about this idea and if it's really amazing you should cut it out so that people don't copy me immediately that yes. thing but but like how i said i always imagine like where i would live in a city or how i would live in that city and how it it's kind of applies the same thing to a house right like we all love the magazine ready house like i love mm-hmm. it like i want my house to look like it's ready for a photo shoot for a magazine like at any given point even though i have a almost 4 year old like that's not going to happen but going into people's houses and saying, I'm not just going to look at it. I'm going to live in it for like, you know, I'm going to see what it's like. I'm going to go make a snack in the kitchen and then like bring that snack into the, you know, this is where I would be. This is where I would sit. This is the light at this point. Like this is what it's like living in your house. Yes. Because in you learn the personality of the house. So you can go see a place as many times. Like I tried it. Like if I'm going to buy a place or I'm considering a place, whatever need to see it in the morning and you see it at sunset and I need to see it at night. Like I have to feel all of the like different yep. personalities or how would I, and like you never know the flow of a place until you're actually in it. And so I, 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 I love that idea, Andy. I think it would all, I think it would be, I think it would be great. And I don't 
just say that. Like, I think there are, and there are all these different platforms now to do shit like that. TikTok, quick videos, uh, where you could literally cut together a whole week of you doing stuff. Yes, Tim. And, and I was going to say a pro tip. If you are going to start a podcast, here's a way to make a massive success. Get Maggie Lawson involved. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, but but definitely. But now it's going to take away from her being my partner. No, Tim. Come on. So moving on to my one of my favorite topics in life, Berman's nuts. Um, uh, the next question. Now I'm hungry. The question they want the real recipe because I'll give them the real recipe. Right. Oh, now. that is question but i didn't know if you were comfortable talking about your nuts 100 i'll give the real recipe because there's some nuance to it it's not just the ingredients okay, okay. what is andy not comfortable talking about his nuts i Look. you know there's your podcast andy talk about me time bourbon's nuts oh my god what a perfect name for a podcast by the way andy bourbon's nuts. Bourbon's nuts. yeah yeah bourbon's, yeah it's both there you go it doesn't yeah. help me with my real estate podcast, but yes. I could it can do. be anything you want. Mine's called Me Time. I talk about everything that I do with myself and my friends do with themselves. And like, and who cares? Anyway, go on. So what is Merman's nuts? The real recipe. And everybody get out your pens and pencils. This is a first. Yeah. You start with I guess, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. To really, let's, really, let's really set this up. Pull over, everybody. Oh, yeah. Pull the car over, put the weights yeah, back on the weight rack, turn down the treadmill, and proceed, my friend. Yeah, turn down the treadmill. Um, take your yeah your foot off the pedal. Um, take your hand off of your nut of your actual nuts. Oh yeah, you're going to need a free hand to do Berman's nuts. You're going to start with an apple. Now, a lot of times on set, you can't be picky about that because you don't control what apples are getting or what's in season <laughs> or what the you know crap crafty has gotten. But preferably, it's got a little bit of tartness, like a Honeycrisp. I wouldn't go. Granny Smith. I wouldn't go Granny Smith. It's too. It's too far for this thing because you need it. It's a sweeter. This is this is a sweet dish. A gala apple is probably you know. But you're going for your apple. You want a large apple, but not the largest one that you can find, but a large one and not the smallest one. You're only going to use one apple. You're going to chop up that apple. You want bite-sized pieces. You don't want crescents. You don't want like things that can't fit all the way in your mouth because. A perfect bite is mixing several things together. So you need to be diligent and chop that apple up. Little into, squares? Are we talking about like cubing an apple? A rough square. You know what I mean? It does not, you don't want it too uniform because we're not a Russian cafeteria. You know what I mean? We're trying to make this feel like a homespun thing. <laughs> yes, it should be bite size or quarter bite size because you're going to be putting it. A peel or no peel? Peel, 100% peel, skin on. The moment you take that skin off, you're starting to brown that apple. That's yes. going <laughs> to you, That thing's going to have a six-minute shelf life if you don't keep the skin on it. So definitely skin on, rough squares, boom. Okay. Another major ingredient, the major ingredient, is banana. Yes. You want to oh. favor the banana. Yes. So you're going to take two full bananas. So with Berman's nuts, you want to favor the banana. You want to favor the banana. It's more banana than it's than it is apple. Banana is the main. There's a lot of banana. And I'll tell favor you the banana thing to play because the two other ingredients help with the banana. You're going to okay. do two full bananas. You're going to do them in slices. They don't have to be, again, like scientific, you know, paper thin slices. They shouldn't be. 
Okay. Rolf Slice is around the same width, but you know, not too chunky where you're just going to get a whole thing of, of, of banana in your mouth. Do that. Then you're going to go to a walnut, preferably a walnut. If you're desperate and crafty doesn't have walnut, you're going to go with nut, what nut they have. If they have an almond, you're never going to use like a cashew or anything like that. If you don't have that, you just eliminate nuts. I know that's controversial in Berman's nuts, but you got to have a walnut or an almond. You're going to okay. crush those. You're going to crush them. Crush chop okay. those almonds. It's almost like that. Then you're going to go for a raisin. And if you're really like, if the crafty knows what they're doing, they're going to have golden raisins and regular raisins. Whoa. You're going to use both. You're going to use okay. both. Okay. okay. And you're going to use a generous amount of raisins. You don't want a raisin every fourth bite. You want a couple of raisins in each bite. You want a lot of raisins. Yeah. I like a lot of raisins too. And that chew is nice. Okay. Continue. Yeah. And then the last thing you're going to do is, and what helps with the nuts and the raisins help to give texture to those bananas because that's your main thing. And then you've got the crunchy apple that's in there. Then you're going to take okay. honey, a homespun honey. If you can get it straight from a hive, that's great. But what's amazing about the original <laughs> Berman's nuts is, is you're in Canada. They have great honey there and they'll always have like a good, even a good store-bought honey from Crafty yeah. is going to be a quality honey in Canada. They don't monkey around. This is not, this is not a set on, in, in Albuquerque. This is not. <laughs> well, no, they do actually. And get it off the comb. That's the way you want to go, right? Yes, yes. The comb would be best. But you're going to get a high-quality honey, and you're going to drizzle it, and you're not going to be obscene about it. You're not. You don't want to turn it into honey soup. But you also don't want to be like, is there honey in this? You want it to be a nice drizzle that goes all the You need it in the size of the bowl, but you don't want the bowl like this and all the stuff is down at the bottom and you're having to dig. You want a nice wide bowl. It should be about the size of a berm, bigger than a berman face. <laughs> bowl you can get. And a lot of times with that, you need some juice and some extra favors. You can't just take the paper bowl that's at Crafty that they're offering. You have to go right. to the truck and you have to say, and they're going to be testy about this, but you have to say, can I borrow a bowl, a real bowl? Yeah, yeah. So you need a plastic bowl that they have that's from a Tupperware or whatever. You need a home bowl. Yeah. Put yeah. that in there. Use a fork, not a spoon, and you're good to go. That's your recipe. That's how uh, to make it. This guys, is the greatest podcast we have ever done. Ever done. I mean, this is like, this is groundbreaking. This is changing the game. Yeah, and this is the first bowl. I've heard of this, to be honest with you. I, I I kind of knew the ingredients, but it's just always so good. And I didn't ask questions, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just yeah. like, I'm going to let Berman, get, this is his special thing. And you, he just shared it with the world. Well, can I ask you guys this? You guys are actors and you're living a different food life on set than than um the crew is or the, the people in video mm -hmm. the writers because you're actors and you're you're on your own regimen at any given point some sort of health regimen that you're going through you've got the long haul for the whole season you know you you're not part of the main the main food like engine that's happening on a set right right you're either ordering your own food you're bringing yeah. your own things you're very particular you got to you yeah. know and i totally respect that and understand that yeah but as a writer producer on the set I have a different goal. Like I have the same thing where I go, you know, I'm coming from a writer's room onto into production, which is like a big deal because I'm going from what would seem like regular hours sitting in an office at a computer to I am part of production machine. I'm going to be working 12 to 14 hours minimum today. 
Yeah. 15, maybe 16, who knows? Um, I've got a long day. I got several really long calls ahead of me. I got to eat differently. I got to energize differently. I have to be careful. So what I do is I show up. This is like how it usually goes. I show up with the best intentions. I go to the breakfast truck. <laughs> miss breakfast. The best truck meal that, that exists on a set is breakfast. You can have omelets made for you, French toast. It's like yes. the best. Yes. It's a great restaurant, a great buffet with everything yes. you would ever eat. But yes. you can't go bananas, no pun intended. You can't get the pancakes. You cannot get the French toast if you're a writer, producer. You can't, you are right. going to be sleeping within like 40 minutes from the time you get there if you do yeah, that. You're going to see yeah. all the grips and the electric are going and they're getting their barbecued beef and their bacon breakfast sandwiches. And they just, they need the heartiest, craziest stuff to, to fill them to get them going, right? But you yeah. can't do that as a writer, producer. You have to go in. I get a, what I call the ladies burrito. It's egg whites scrambled in a burrito, just a kiss of cheese, just enough to make it stick, but not too much cheese. We're not trying to go full dairy and like feel weighted down. I'll have a little bit of green salsa and I ask for spinach. Now, what could be healthier? It's a very light breakfast burrito, egg whites, spinach, a little kiss of cheese and a little green salsa. I'm feeling light, feeling energized and feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm off to a very good eating start. Yeah. I'll walk by the craft service table right away in the morning. I'll see everybody making horrible mistakes. <laughs> and you're feeling proud. I'm feeling proud. There's cut up fruit there, but yes. no one's touching it. Everyone's going for a do- literally a donut or a coffee cake or something yes. that's on that tray. Like they're just making a big mistake. And I'll sort of like shunned and fried, like take pleasure in the idea of watching <laughs> make bad decisions and start their eating off bad in the morning. Mm -hmm. Then I prep for lunch. Lunch is not a writer producer game and it's not an actor's game. You should avoid the truck for lunch completely because you're looking at either roasted duck, beef, you know, you're looking with heavy greasy things that are meant to fill working men and women that are doing like physical things that actually need full on, you know, they need a side of a food for longshoremen. That's right. They need half a loaf of bread, crusty bread, yes. butter. Yes. They're going to never feel it. They're just going to be, because they're moving so much and they're working so much, they actually need that. That's yes. a loser's game. You don't go for that lunch. You go back to Crafty and you make a sandwich. You go for a sliced turkey on a healthier bread, if you can find a wheat or a seeded bread. You do the lettuce, the tomato, light mayo, a nice like spicy mustard, if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and if you really want to indulge, you do a small side of chips or something like that. You eat like a regular lunch. And then this is where it goes off the rails because that <laughs> is like two o'clock and yeah. you are going to be working till 10 PM. And yeah. all, all that's left for you is snacking and what they call second meal, which is going to be another thing that's going to come out. That's going to be sloppy Joe or pizza or something very hearty, a hearty, like, soup with like or a chili or something's going to come out yeah. that's going to be a mistake it could even be like <laughs> or like it's just going to be something that you should not be late at night right and you're famished at this point because all you've had is a thing of berman's nuts your your lady's burrito and a sandwich and you're already into like hour nine nine and a half or ten and, and you, you yeah. another five hours and this is where everything goes off the rails and you begin to make terrible awful mistakes 
also because you're kind of cold at that point, like it gets chilly in Vancouver. So it's not like you're just going to go and like have like a, a nice refreshing snack of some kind to just hold you over. You're cold and here comes chilly. You're cold yeah, you're, and here comes like... You're not sorry sticks and peanut butter. No, no, no. You're getting you're getting whatever is coming around with that second meal because you're you're you there you the 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 switches you're so tired all the switches have gone off like the ones that are like no you're gonna make a smart decision here and whatever your willpower is gone there's nothing yeah. left <laughs> and by the way don't stand next to Dulay either because oh, oh. he's eating his PB and J sandwiches probably two to three of those babies are coming out yeah. from special made. And you're awesome. going, he's eating a PB&J sandwich. Why shouldn't I eat a PB&J? So it looks good. I'm smelling the peanut butter. I'm standing this close to him. I can because smell it. He's been spending seven hours in his trailer tampensing all those PB&Js off. That's exactly right. My body is not Dulé's body. Like he's also, he's working hard <laughs> and he's like also working out and going to the gym or he's been tap dancing, he's been like, whatever he's been doing. He's not me. I'm not him. He can eat three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like you'll never see it. You'll never see it. So don't stand by him. Don't make that mistake. But by the yeah. end of the night, you're literally at on that show, I guess we're not, you're sitting in on the set of, of, of Sean's house and you're basically like angry at the props guy going, what do you mean these donuts are not real? These are prop donuts. You know, like in the house, like you're rummaging through a prop refrigerator, searching for it. You're like licking the countertop that you thought like had something. <laughs> like you're so famished. It's just like mistake city until you make the horrible mistake and second meal comes out and it's like beef stroganoff and you're just like, oh, I'll do it. Like, I'll <laughs> I'm so hungry. I'm not going to have time to eat. From your first period to your first hot flash, Mixers will be there with you every step of the way. For women searching for PMS relief, me, Mixers created Her Time. What a cute name. It's the most enjoyable, effective, long-term solution on the market because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for additional costly PMS aids. Mixers started back in 2020 when their CEO, Jess Toulson, had an unsuccessful search for postpartum period relief. After a ton of visits to the doctor and various medications, she met holistic health practitioner Cody Sanders, who created Mixers first supplement to help balance hormones naturally. Today, the product is known as Her Time. Sounds like a real cute podcast, I know. I have only used this for a couple of months now, and I already see a difference. It just takes the edge off. I mean, it's like, you know, when people say like, oh, I just want one because it takes the edge off. This is like that, but with, uh, with PMS. It really just helps balance you. That's how I feel. I just feel like stuff that felt really extreme and a little bit out of control, honestly, it was almost became non-existent. Like it didn't mess with my day. It wasn't like throwing me off. So it was really nice. In addition to balancing hormones, Mixers has a dozen products to support women's wellness from pre and postnatal supplements to menopause support to a libido booster for sexual wellness. Mixers has the ideal supplement for every woman on earth. Not sure which Mixers drink is right for you? Take their quiz to ensure you get matched with products designed to your unique wellness goals. And all Mixers products are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives. All of their products are gluten-free. Join the thousands of women who have discovered feel-good freedom through balanced hormones. Head to Mixers.com pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. Mixers rarely gives discounts, so 10% off is the best offer you are going to find, and it's a great discount. Remember to use our code PINEAPPLE for additional 10% off.
let's be real, nausea sucks. It's like the worst feeling in the world. It really is like the worst feeling in the world. And it can really ruin a trip or a day out with friends or any day, honestly, can ruin your night. You've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. And you can now use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief band. So if you just got those accounts refilled, put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. I can tell you firsthand that relief band actually works. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. Forget the days of nausea pills that make you groggy and exhausted. It's like the name says, relief band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And you can change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger weaker. So if you are sick of feeling sick, have ever been on a plane and felt like your stomach was doing loop-de-loops or I love boats, but I hate the motion sickness, it's time you gave Relief Band a try. I have been waiting to do an ad for Relief Band for a minute because so I went home to Kentucky last week and I saw my mom who told me she got a Relief Band. She was having a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, the whole shebang. And for some reason this time, the day before the prep made her very, very, very nauseous, very, very sick. And she couldn't sleep. It was horrible. And the only thing that gave her any relief, the only thing that got her to the procedure and got her through it, she told me was relief ban. I mean, I know I talked about having vertigo last year as well and how much it helped. And those are kind of like major like extremes, but it also helps even just like if you're in an Uber and getting like you know, car sick, which is me, I get car sick in the backseat sometimes when I look at my phone. But having my mom tell that story out of nowhere, I didn't even ask her. She was like, I got to tell you like this, this thing saved me. So anyway, that's my mom's test little testimonial or her little little story of proof that this thing actually actually works even when you're going through kind of sickness procedure, coming out of something, anesthesia, all that stuff. So you know, if you're traveling this fall, with the best way to solve your nausea, check out relief ban. Right now we've got an exclusive offer for the psychologists are in listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code pineapple, you receive 20% off plus free shipping. That is a huge discount. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code pineapple to get 20% off plus free shipping. Andy, I got to say, yeah. these are the same bad mistakes that often follow you to Gerard's or yes, Joey. That's right. The, yeah. the, the, hey, let's meet at Joey you know, later in the night, like after the set, after a 15 hour day is also as a writer producer, a mistake. If you're not like a big drinker, because everyone's going there to have a drink, but you're yeah. through the or menu so. and going, Oh, lettuce cups. I'm going to get those like right now. Oh, they have the, I'm going to get the shrimp cones. Like no one else is eating the shrimp cones. It's 1130 at night. <laughs> like, they're having a drink and they're uh, going to bed and you're looking through the menu. Meal. It What's keeps that? you going. The second meal keeps you going a bit. So then that Joey invite comes through, you're like, all right, I could probably do that. Also, I just ate this chili and, you know, some red wine is, a, it, it helps digest things. So it's I need to, you've made such absolutely medicinal. No, but I mean, you've already given up on life once you've eaten the chili and like done that for the second meal. You've done everything you've done earlier in the day. You're tired, you're exhausted, you're bloated now. You're going to do nothing but go to sleep and like yeah. wake up. It's that's the history that's like every day. And then you start over again going, oh, breakfast burrito, please. I call the ladies burrito with the egg whites. And you yep. start over again in the morning. And yeah. And you're super motivated that by that, by like the second and third day, because you're like, oh, these choices I've been making at night are terrible. And you think you're going to change it. No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen until you fly home. It's not going to happen until you fly home and you, and you 
get yourself on that scale and you're just like, what the F did I do? I love that this just turned into a food podcast. You know, one of the other questions is, uh, is what is, what are your top five candy choices? Should we all all do our top five candy choices? I can, uh, I mean, classic peanut M&M's. Love them. I don't know if they're top one, but they'd probably be in my top five. If we're talking about candy. It depends um, on the setting. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a different topic. There would be your top five movie candies and then there would yeah. be your top five candy. Oh, I just went to movie candy because I really don't eat candy. I'm a more of a salt uh, person. Like I'd go for the chips. But, mm. all right, candy, Andy, Andy candy. Just give give like one or two that you love that come to mind. Well, I go through obsessive, like I will hit something for like three months, like every day and then let it go and then come back. But if I had to choose, like if you're the questions, like you're on an island and you can only pick five candies, this is going to sound pedestrian, but I would take the Snickers bar. Um, that'd be number one, because I think it's a perfect combination of chocolate, nuts, caramel, and nougat. They did it right. There's a reason why it's like the number one candy bar. I would take a Snickers. Um, I would also jump on the on the peanut M&M train. Um, and I'll tell you why, because yeah. you can piecemeal, I like that it's in pieces and I can try to yeah. control it or I can eat a lot of them. But if I get the Snickers bar, it's basically I'm eating the whole bar. You don't stop at half a bar. No. The m and I can fool myself and say, oh, I'm going to have like six or seven of these. I'll come back to it maybe or I won't. But then, of course, you do. M&M's is great. Uh, out of the box one, snow caps. Underrated. Oh. Underrated because... It's 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 a textural thing, you know. I mean, it's in your mouth. It's biting down on those, on that snow cap, and then the, and the little pixels, the little white, you know, oh, yeah. are then in your teeth, and you got 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 got. Sometimes you can just put it in, let the chocolate hold it in your mouth, and let the chocolate melt itself away till it's just the little balls, and then oh, it can, it's all white balls. You just <laughs> put that box in there, and you get a mouthful of white ball. They probably go really well with. Nuts. nuts and white balls um continue yeah then i think that we have to dispel this we have to clear this up for everybody because it depends on where you're from what part of the country but don't ever give me a red vine i'm a twizzler oh. i'm from it's twizzler over red vine red vines are just waxy tasteless things uh, a twizzler has a flavor to it it's yes. and it has a, a bite and a chew that's that's more humane. Uh, say, uh, Joshua Lee and I had this discussion on Instagram, or maybe it was Twitter back when I was still using the Twitter. We both went uh, Red Vines, and um, and lo and behold, Red Vines sent us both huge packages of um, Red Vines. So, well, then I just may have messed that up for you on the Red Vine problem. Maybe Twizzler's listening, and Twizzler's going to send you like some good. And by the way, don't bother Twizzler. Chocolate Twizzlers. Not readily available at a 7-Eleven or a CVS, but uh, purchasable, purchasable on Amazon. Uh, chocolate oh, Twizzler. It's a down hot chocolate, and it's just an incredible treat. Wow. Yeah. What about the blueberry ones? Because I like them because they match my eyes. I think that if you're using it as a decorative thing, like for a photo shoot, yes, but not to ingest. No. Okay. Not a for a photo shoot, to bring out your eyes. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to just like blow through a couple more of these so that uh, we don't keep Andy for the entire day. So here are the questions and then you can maybe decide like if, uh, well, I don't, uh, okay. 
One is, is there a place you felt most inspired for writing? Uh, what was your path into acting, writing, producing, dream dog? Any unusual inspirations for you and how you work? Any bad days at work? Because it seems like it's all fun and games from here. Sure. Let's do, well, first of all, dream dog is easy. There's a question about dream dog. There's no question. I, I love a great Dane. I've rescued a couple of great Danes in my life. I've, they're the best relationships I've ever had with any living being. I think they're oh. like dogs, like the best version of a dog all put together uh, for me. I just love great Danes. I love their personalities and, and I just love them. So there's they're no they're question. So good. I do know for a fact that you also love the fringe benefit of being in the dog park when it's cold. And then having having picked up a, a dog's uh, business and having a massive steaming pile of, of yes. dog up in a bag. Yeah, that's, that's a big code. That's so funny that you remember that, Tim. That's not a joke. It would be like picking up a giant pile, like a horse pile of steaming um, <laughs> of, of great Dane. And then you're standing there still talking to people and it's cold in the park and it's warm. <laughs> It's, other than little bitties that you're holding, like you're holding like a warm, like hot pocket, like that you could <laughs> so great. That is true. It's and it's amazing. <laughs> do you like, cause you have kids, like people say, I still haven't run myself around this and I hope my daughter never hears this podcast, but how they're saying like, you know, when your kid throws up or your kid has diarrhea or whatever, your kid is really sick and it's just like, nothing's going to bother you. I mean, it's your child. Like, you know, you'll put your hand in front of your kids, but you know, it's like your kid, like they're everything to you. I don't quite feel that way about my daughter. Like I feel that way <laughs> like there was nothing my dog could do. I would basically, it wouldn't matter if my dog had diarrhea on me. Like it's my dog. Like, you know, nobody could, if my kid is sick and it's like coughing in my face or like literally t t takes a really, really stinky dump. I'm just like, that's gross. I don't quite feel that way about my child, but I absolutely feel that way about the dog. I'm like, I will pick up anything. And <laughs> hold it. Hold it. Examine. Right. Um, you know, you have to do stool samples and things. All right. So, so dream dog, I could have answered. I love that we know this about you because yeah. I, I would have known that, but all right. So of, of any of those sort of acting or what is there a place you feel most inspired? What was your path? I don't know if you want to tell that. Or any thing, but I will do the, do you ever have any bad dates at work? Because I think this is yeah. like an interesting writer like thing. Having been an actor, in a previous lifetime. I will say that like, there's a weird thing with acting is, acting is a dream, you know, acting is like a self-indulgent sort of like, it's the, the, the act of acting is, is the reward, you know? And, yeah, the hustle, it is. and the getting a job and the auditioning, auditioning. and all that, obviously all of the work, right? And right. I just remember in like a pilot season, if you are an actor, like there's just so much work involved in like, and the stress of will I get one or how do I get one or the competition or reading or memorizing or like running around to auditions when people used to actually have to go to auditions and all that stuff. And then you would sign that test deal and you would be sitting there and it's like, oh my God, my life could just change over yeah. in the next 20 minutes. My whole world is going to feel different and be different. And it's like, and then you actually get one if you were like lucky and you're like, you do have that feeling and it doesn't go away that way. And like, now you're going to get to do the job and you're going to get yeah. to act and like that becomes like the dream of it and you do it and then everything else is like the hustle 
And writing is not the same. Like that part of it is also not the same. Like you come up with an idea, you, you know, you craft a pitch, you work on the pitch, you develop the pitch with a studio or a production company, you take notes, you revise it, you repitch it, you practice your pitch, you get more notes on your pitch. Like all of that is just like a lot of work. You're looking at the odds of like, you know, you go out to do the pitches they're stressful, you know, like even as a former actor, like they're just, there's a lot hanging on them. Same thing. It's intense. Like your world could change or not change. Like you're going to sell it or you're not going to sell. It's like the pitch is rarely like pleasurable that way. It's rarely yeah. easy going, you know, yeah. you do it. sometimes you have to do a whole week of them going around. Like you do that. And then if you're lucky enough to hear that there's interest in like, you may sell it. There's a panic that happens after you sell it because You've sold people on this idea that you could deliver something that doesn't exist right now. You've yes. sold them on the entire idea. You've sold them on the entire series and the life of the show and what the pilot could be and how like you've sold them that you're the person that needs to write it, can write it. And now it's not that play. You have to work. Now you have to write it. And like, wow. you know, I'm so happy to have a job, but like writing is a struggle. Like, so you might have great, amazing, in inspirational moments where something just like that. That's one thing that I can say that's like so interesting about writing is that it hangs over you like homework all the time. Yeah. Like when yeah. you're on a show, it doesn't, it's like you're either solving it in your head and thinking about it and you can't rest and, or you're actually having to write it and it's, it's not acting. It's like kind of, good. but then sometimes when I'll notice even on a the script, there's like, there's yeah. magic to, to like, you knew what this scene was going to be. It's in the outline. And you we might even have like a couple of jokes or pieces of dialogue that are already like in the outline and you get a sense of that scene. But then there's a thing that just happens in the scene that if I were sitting at Starbucks writing it might be different than if I was sitting at home four hours later writing it. Something that only could have happened in that moment at that time. It was not planned. It's just right. like, I know the shape of the scene, but something just occurs to me and I go with it. And now I've done it back and forth and I've done like four couplets. And it's like, I might surprise myself with how funny it is or how well that worked or what that is. And right. it's weird because if I didn't separate myself from it for a second, or if I didn't just like let that happen, it would be completely different. And if I went to write it the next day, I wouldn't have come up with that particular thing. And like, that's sort of exciting. And when it happens and it works, you're, you're like, this is what it's about, you know? Um, so but I've never yeah. gotten to the place where it's felt like acting ever did as far as the pleasure of, of like getting to do the thing. It's always felt like work. And the reward actually is having finished writing, having yeah. people respond and say, this is good. This is, right. we're going to shoot this. Being in a meeting, an art director's meeting or a production meeting and having people begin to talk about the script or the story and how practically it's going to be done and then lay their own ideas and like going on a location scout and realizing, oh, this is where we're going to shoot it. And like, this is even better than what I imagined, or this is going to give me this. Like then watching actors like act it is the reward. Yeah. It's like that shooting it and, so and making it is the reward. I've never felt like writing was was the, the fun reward. the reward right. of the fun part it's right. always felt like there's those moments and those are great but it's always felt daunting and felt like work and it feels like it each time that you do it like so you, interesting you, yeah and I know that there are some writers that like I would write 
even if no one was paying me and I would write, you know, even if no one was going to see it, I just, I'm a writer. I write, I want to go to a cabin. I'm going to write like this yeah. play. Or I'm going to write this. No, I don't care if it, like, I've never been that writer. I've always been means to an end. Like I right. write this so that I can make it. I'm going to write yeah. this so that, that actors are going to do it. You know, like I, it would, I would not be writing on my own on an island to watch myself write and to come up with a story. I would, I'm only doing this to do that. So I think like, do right. I have bad days? I have a, I have a lot of bad days, you know, cause it's, you know, it's, it's, I can't believe for somebody who didn't love school that I've chosen something that now feels like homework. Right. You right. know, that feels like you actually have to write, like work and write. It's so that's so interesting hearing you say that because that does the acting you do feel that feeling of like oh the acting is almost like the payoff like you said it's the reward for all the auditioning the stress of going through getting the character to the right place like but at least you've performed and when you've gotten the the job at that point you kind of know whereas like you're talking about delivering this kind of invisible thing that like you've talked about but doesn't actually exist yet whereas like with acting what by the time you've been chosen to do that part you've shown what you're going to bring, like, there's a confidence you get from like, oh, good. Okay. They liked what I did. Now I can go expand on that into this, like, into this role where I think with like writing, it's like, you have, as you just said, you're sort of in this like, oh shit moment of like, I have to, now I have to deliver on what I spoke about or, you know, kind of yeah. imagined or got everyone to like, imagine with me this invisible thing that I can't with this idea that I came up with. And I wonder if other writers though feel the same way. Even the ones that go to the cabins and do the thing like you're talking about is like, I'm a writer, that's what I do. I think they might all say the same thing though about that part of like the oh shit moment. Because like when you have to like, I gotta go write this now. Um, in a good way though, obviously it's like, oh my God, I'm so excited I get to do this, but also, oh my God, <laughs> I hope anyway. It's also yeah, it's and now you gotta go. Yeah, it's a confidence level thing too. I mean, some people might say, well, I know I'm going to, that's the pleasure of like, I'm going to now get to play in the sandbox and figure it out. Like I've got this scene and this is what I do. I I write this other thing. I guess there's an element to that. I mean, the best part of being on an actual show that's that's being made and is in production is that no matter what, when you start with that blank page, there's a date that this is going to be shot. So other than selling something to a studio or a network and you're going to try to develop it and you're going to write it and they're paying you, but it may never see the light of day. It might just go back in a drawer and never exist or be forgotten about forever until you sell something else. Like when you're on a show, like it's going to get, it's going to be an episode of television. Like, yeah. so that helps so much going like, no yeah. matter what I write, like somehow this is, we're going to get to do this. Ah, I love that. Well, that was a wonderful nugget of insight, um, having the perspective of both being an actor and a writer. Um, which so is in amazing. the end, what did we learn, children? It's better to be an actor. <laughs> it, 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 well, I don't know the other side, but um, I think a lot of writers would probably agree with you. Andy, we love you so much. Love um, you, guys. Thank you so. Thank you for jumping on with us today and for a time and pivoting with us during the strike. We will get back to our the show that we love so much um, when there's a fair deal on the table um, and everybody's feeling good. So, um, yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, the Berman's Nuts recipe, might, this might be my favorite episode of this yeah, ever. That, that's going to break all podcasts from now on out. Yeah, it is. I, I'm still, I cannot wait to this. listen to this. 
So just to get the rundown of the Burma's Nuts recipe again. I love it. Go have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. Oh, Tim, go. Andy, you did not disappoint. Thank you. As Echoing Maggie said, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Oh, my God. I love you guys. I love this. This is a fun fun place. You guys created like a, a really awesome, amazing place to be. Oh, thank you, Andy. We love you so much. It's also just fun to hang out. So it's so good to see you and catch up a little anyway. I know this is awkward, but after you guys go off, I'm going to stay in this little box for a while and just be. (laughs) Come back on. I'll stay here. Love you, Tim. Love you, Andy. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. This episode is wonderful as always because it's you. We love you. You all know how much we love talking about Berman's Nuts. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Psychologists Are In. And thank you to Andy for stopping by and sharing that secret of Berman's Nuts. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Please check out our Patreon as well at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full video episodes of the pod and ad-free apps. See y'all next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.